This is Sharon Steitler, the bird chick, and I'm here with non-birding Bill. Oh, am I here? <laughs> are you here? Thank you. Thank I'm you lucky. We're, we're actually lucky to have you here. You're getting ready to head out. I am. Where are you going? Going to Atlanta for Dragon Con. Be doing a couple of panels, seeing a bunch of friends. Hanging out with Daenerys Targaryen? Exactly, yes. I don't know if she's there. I don't know if any of the... Wait, um... what's the point of Dragon Con? I mean, do you guys like talk about <laughs> Dragon ID, their migration, their molt? Exactly, yeah. They're pretty basic. We debate the pros and cons of dragons, mostly the cons, hence the name. No, it's a science fiction and fantasy and general nerddom convention in Atlanta, and I'm going to be going for the first time. I'm very excited about this. And are you doing any panels, Mr. Steitler? I am. Steitler? We're going to be doing uh, PowerPoint karaoke. Uh-huh. Uh, we're going to be doing Drinking with Geeks. Uh, I'm very excited to do that with uh, Joseph Scrimshaw and Melissa Karcher down there. And then we're also going to be doing a panel called Judging a Book, which is another... Uh, improv panel that uh, Melissa and I believe Jerry Belich came up with. I've done um, all three of those panels. They're very fun panels. They are very fun panels. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, judging a book where you have to determine the story of the book based on... Just on the picture. On they the don't, picture. You don't know yeah, the title. Yeah, you have absolutely yeah. no... I, I seem to recall doing it with Paul Cornell, and we actually almost actually nailed what the book was actually about. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm going to be gone for a few days, so we got to get this... Got to get this content out. Got to get this, yeah. Yeah, because we're so good mm-hmm. at getting content we out. We are. So, uh, yeah. So, um, hey, everybody. Uh, I just kind of want to throw this out there. Uh, you know, we've we've made light of this whole subject about senior passes yeah. uh, and federal parks and how the price is going up. Mm-hmm. It's gone up. I don't care what you've read on the internet. Mm-hmm. You it, the, the, the $10 senior pass is gone. It was 86 as of Sunday, August 27th. It was... Aided. Aided? Oh, yeah, because it's now $80. Okay. You got there. Yeah, I got there. It took me a minute. Uh, but uh, it's, um, yeah, it's, you, I, I sympathize with everybody. I actually legit feel sorry for some people, especially right. people who, like, just recently turned 62. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I swear, in, in the last two days, I have seen all the stages of grief over the senior past. There's been denials. Right. There's, oh, boy, has there been anger. Yeah. Bargaining? <laughs> oh, lots of bargaining. Sure. I think one of my favorite bargains, and, and, and what fascinates me about all of this is I have a retail background. For eight sure. years, my, my big start in my birding career was working for a wild bird feeding store and managing mm-hmm. those. And it was a store where they put customer service over everything. Right. And uh, so, you know, when we had a sale on something... And, you know, we ran out or didn't anticipate the crowds. You know, you would take names and numbers. You would send things out, You especially for your good customers. Maybe even, like, hide some under the right. table when you know this one customer's coming in. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with the federal government. No, it you is, can't. you have no, no control over your inventory, no, it's like number a law. one. It is, it, well, yeah, and then, like, when the price goes up. <laughs> but it's just fascinating, all the people that are just calling. It's like, well, do you have any of those $10 ones left? And it's like, even if I did, it's. It's right. like if it's I'd be violent. It'd be like a federal violation Somebody for me to would sell it. Notice. Yeah, I can't. I, I yeah. can't. But it's just it's fascinating to me from a retail background. It's like, no, there's there's nothing. Do I you can... have any of those car license plates from last year that I could get? <laughs> so here, if you're listening to this and thinking that you had more time to get uh, a senior park pass, here's right. the thing. Here's the thing. I'm under the age of 62. I want to get a federal park pass. I can only buy one for the year. And Uh because I am under 62, it's $80 a year for me. So you, as someone who's over 62, if you are over 62 listening to this, you can get one of these for $80, and it's good for the rest of your life. 
in theory, that's going to be way more than one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice cover. Nice, uh... Well, you never know. You know, somebody sure. may slip on a banana peel on the side of the Grand Canyon. Do they have those there? Banana peels. You guys really need to stop growing bananas on the edge of the Grand Canyon, it's by the way. It's not us growing them. Idea. The Park Service isn't growing them. People litter. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. And then... Um, there's also the option of an annual pass you can buy that's only twenty dollars. Mm. So I mean, you have options. It's not like you've you've lost sure. every option. But anyway, it's out there. Please don't bargain with park rangers. They're not allowed to bargain. They can't bargain. They feel bad. Bargaining is fine. Just don't yell at them. It's like you had to talk. You, so this was not a news story. People knew about this for a while. Honestly, I find the yelling hilarious. Right. I just feel like Leslie Nope when yeah. it happens. I mean, I completely understand the frustration and the anger, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's it's so over the top. I've had so many people yell at me for such weird things that I have absolutely no control over. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I don't mean to smile, but it's just, it's there's nothing I can right. do, and you yelling at me isn't going to change any of this. I'm really yeah. sorry. <laughs> Um, we were doing uh, customer service training at one point, and one of the things that they suggested doing was you make the face back at the person that they are making to you, and supposedly that calms them down. Like the angry face? Yeah, like if somebody's being, like you don't like try to mirror them, but if somebody's angry, you know, you just make the face, but you mirror them and make back the face that you're seeing, like the reaction that you're seeing. I think that's going to make things they, worse. They swore by it. That's all. It's I'm not just like someone you, is glaring and yelling at me. I should glare. I'm back just at telling you what the dude told me. I don't know. I mean, I really try to look sympathetic. I sure. really, really mm-hmm. do. I, I feel bad. I mean, you know, you you wanted this mm-hmm. thing. It's not there, but or you know, uh, what was my <laughs> my absolute favorite complaint is when our visitor center is too busy and too full of kids. Yeah. And I once had someone tell me that it was. It was too busy and too full of kids. And I was like, well, that's the it's, point. And they were like, and I was like, the point is for them to learn about the National Park Service. And they said, that's not your job. That's their parents' job. And I'm like, technically, as a park ranger, that is my job. Yeah. <laughs> Man alive. I just love. Man Don't get alive. unreasonably angry with park rangers. Uh, but if you do and you feel bad about it, don't worry. We, we thought it was unreasonable, too. Don't get and, mad at park rangers. They, they know where like to hide the bodies. They know where nobody looks. <laughs> I think we should focus the search party in this area. They're probably Wait, is it not going to be here. Yellowstone that has the whole area that has no jurisdiction. So if you're going to murder somebody, that's where it's one of the national that's, parks. That's I've heard that. I don't think that that means murder is legal there. Well, I mean, if you find the body, nobody can prosecute you. Yeah, I don't think that. The, I think they would probably find a way around that. Oh, I don't know. All right, let's uh, let's get to the news. What okay, we, we probably shouldn't give advice on where to dump bodies. No, don't. That's a terrible thing to do. Yes, it is Yellowstone. There is a section of Yellowstone Great. where you can get away with dumping a body. No, you can't. Well, no, but <laughs> <laughs> the extradition is going to be a mess. Great. All right, speaking of jobs. Jesus Christ. <laughs> there was an article in The Guardian. That says, uh, all work and no pay, the plight of young conservationists. Sure. Oh, we've talked about this. Oh, we have. And this article kind of lays it out uh, and about all the challenges. And in some ways, I feel bad because in this, the way it is now, because the conservation jobs are shrinking, it says at one Mm -hmm. point that there are about 60,000 people out there that want conservation jobs, and there are maybe 30,000. And when you say conservation job... That 30,000 isn't necessarily field work. Some of that is 
grant writing, yep. working in a zoo, yep. which, you know, when you get into conservation, maybe what you're, you really want to do is the field work. Right, right, right. And that it's getting harder and harder to do it because these, because there are, there is a glut of people who want to do the work mm-hmm. and there aren't as many yeah, jobs. Supply and demand. Yeah. Uh, so the places are like, well, you have to have all these years of experience doing it for free. And so you have someone who just comes out of college, they have massive amounts of debt and they, they, they can't pay off any of that debt. They can't find, they can't work for free to support themselves. Cause oftentimes these conservation jobs, they're not in a city where it's like, well, I'm going to do this, this, field work in the morning and then in the afternoon I'm going to drive a lift. You can't do that in the middle of Fluvanna, Texas. No. So, and it's just talking about the hardships that are out there and what people are doing are people who have a really good promising earlier career and they have to get out of it because they they just can't. They need to eat. They need to eat. Yeah, they need to eat and they need to pay the debt. Right. Actually, there's a really great podcast that I listen to called Death, Sex, and Money. Mm-hmm. And um, the original concept of the podcast is that... Uh, Anna Sale, who hosts it, interviews people of, and about how they handle the topics of death, mm-hmm. sex, and money. Sure. Things that, that uh, we should talk about more often, but we don't. Although I disagree. I feel like we talk about sex a lot. As, as a, I don't think we talk seriously about sex. I think we say, oh, this is sexy, this is sexy, this. I don't think we actually talk about sex. I feel like people talk to me about it all the time. Maybe don't even get you. me started on the duck penises. Yeah, maybe that's you. Maybe that is me. But um, but no, it's fascinating because I, I feel like nobody talks about money because money is a weird thing. Even mm-hmm. you and I don't even talk to each other about money, and we're supposed to because we're married. Mm. Are we? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but just like it, money is this weird thing, yeah. and and money can really create a weird dynamic in a relationship mm-hmm. you know especially if somebody has a lot of money or if somebody doesn't and this that and the other but uh they had this really great series about people who are in college now and the massive amounts of debt that they have and mm-hmm. and part of it was they asked people like just write what you owe what are your student loans right now and then you know just just take a picture of it and share that I can't imagine I mean you and I left college with some debt and mm-hmm. we got out of it uh but it's nothing compared to what you and I. No, I it's mean, absolutely insane. And it's like there. I would just look at that and be like, "I'm never going to raise a family. I'm never going mm-hmm. to have a house. I'm never. Sure. Not that I ever wanted either of those things. Sure. But um, you're you're about the rabbit is about as much of a child I was as I want to raise. <laughs> Working with kids in the park service, I love that. I'll yeah. swear you in as a junior ranger now. Go home. Mm-hmm. But um, but no, for people who really want something like that, it's I couldn't imagine coming out of college with like seventy five thousand dollars worth of debt. And mm-hmm. so this article, you know, just really talks about how hard it is, how these jobs are disappearing, and if we lose these conservation jobs, we're going to lose our ability to conserve species uh, to. To, to help them and to yeah. understand them. And it's not like there's a lot of money in conservation to begin with. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go work for a pharmaceutical pharmaceutical company and things like that. There's there's money in that. There's no, there's not a lot of money in conservation. And and the weird thing is, is the way I fell into it was so weird. Because a mm-hmm. lot of people assume I have some kind of biology degree. Yep. A lot of people assume I'm an ornithologist. But I am not. I am a theater major. Yep. And so, so everybody out there uh, who wants to work in the field of biology, here's the secret. Be a theater major. Now, <laughs> to be this theater major, you have to actually get work 
in the field. Right. Uh, you have to actually, you know, get shows so that you are busy rehearsing at night and then frantically searching for something to do during the day that pays the bills. Right. Uh, and also being in the theater community, you learn how to live thriftily. Mm. <laughs> People do things like, yeah, you can live on my uh, back screened in porch for the summer for <laughs> 30 bucks a month. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I had my days free, and first I just was like, well, I'm going to volunteer between my temp jobs, and then eventually someone's like, oh, you know how to do this? You volunteered at all these places? We have this emergency job. Here, do this do this bird yeah. survey. And that's literally how I fell into doing bird surveys, was that I had days free, I volunteered a lot, and then, so basically I did what all these conservationists are trying to do. Right. Uh, I had time to do them for all these major organizations, but uh, right. yeah. So be a theater major. Do not be always good. Always good career advice. It's really easy to get scholarships for theater. There's all <laughs> kinds of art scholarships out there. I had, I, I, I would not have survived college without my scholarships. But any, anywho, it's just it's frustrating. I don't know how the problem is going to be solved, uh, and it's like this worldwide. It's okay. and I mean there there are some people that are talking about it's like yeah I was trying to get uh, jobs with conservation societies and different NGOs and then I defi- I decided I was, I'm just going to start my own NGO. Is your NGO funded yet? No, not yet. And NGO is non government organization. Right. So um, it's 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 a problem, and I don't know how to fix it. And and it's as much of a problem if we're having major organizations like I believe uh, the Nature. Conservancy. Yeah, so a conservationist who spoke on condition of anonymity has been looking for a job since December of 2015 with no success. During that time, the person worked for free for World Wildlife Fund, the Nature Conservancy, the Tropical Biology Association, and the Whitley Fund for Nature, and did short-term paid gigs with BirdLife International. It really does sound like, I mean, you, you were sort of joking before, but it really does sound like a beginning theater career where it's like, okay, I'm going to do this yeah. terrible one act play in a, you know, in a room that's been converted to a theater for the night. And maybe somebody will see that and give me another job or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Or you just kind of get to the point of like, Oh, I might get this industrial film yeah, and then I can do this play for this person that I really like. Need and- to be, <gasps> need to have agents for conservation work. I got this yes. great kid. She's really talented. I don't know, man. She doesn't do she's, Texas. She wanted to do lot, Texas? She's got a lot of moxie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she won't go above the South Dakota border. <laughs> if you want North Dakota, it's going to be an extra 10%. She opened for 10 days on the Canada on the Canada Trail. <laughs> you want a piping plover? She found look a piping these, plover. Look at these reviews she got. Bernie, Bernie, I can't do another gig like this. <laughs> I can't do another stint oh, in Pluvanna. This is turning into some like it hot all of a sudden. Um, maybe that's what I, maybe maybe that's what I need to be is like yeah. a, an agent for burning conservationists. Yeah, yeah. yeah, or not yeah. conservation groups, but for was there is there like a te- is there like a temp agency for because I used to work for way back in the day as you remember a, a company that did specifically like Mac and graphic design stuff mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. what their area of specialty was. So you know, you it's really interesting. Work Express and things like that. So. It's been a few years because I have not done bird survey work since 2015. Mm -hmm. But when I was doing it for energy companies, the thing that, or consulting firms for energy companies, Mm -hmm. the thing that amazed me was how often, you know, competitive companies would suddenly like work together on a large project to nail a big contract, a, a big pipeline contract. Or sometimes like, 
I would be working for company X and company mm -hmm. Y was a huge competitor with them, mm -hmm. but company Y was gigantic. And so I would get hired by company X to do a survey and all of my information and data sheets yeah, you're had company, yeah, had their competition oh, thing. Yeah. And I was like, hey, why do I have this name on my, it's no, like, I oh, know, we're working for them. No, I know people who do that in uh, in tech, not like, you know, the, the flashy, like you see Bill Gates on television, but it's like installers like we'll yeah. hire like okay this company has okay verizon has this contract to install all these bays and they're going to hire this company that specifically hires people to install well and then there was a really insane survey that i was part of in missouri where it was basically a whole bunch of companies were called in last minute to fix a survey that had gone wrong mm -hmm. and it was an audition that if any of us did any of this right then our company would get this sure. other bigger contract in another state sure. While we're out there doing this, I mean, I'm working with archaeologists and all this. Mm -hmm. There was active headhunting going on. And there was a guy who did have kind of a temp agency where he oh, was like, he was like, okay, I know you work for this firm, but here's the thing. I can get you side jobs with all these other places and I can pay you this percentage more than what you're getting nice. with this. So why don't you just sign up and work with me? And mm -hmm. so I don't know if I were, if I were talking to someone now based on, mm -hmm. okay, granted this is from 2015. Sure. Um, Get whatever degree you can afford. Right. But then make sure to take a, some classes in GIS. Mm -hmm. Know how to delineate a wetland. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, know your bats, know your birds, know your trees. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just it was just fascinating. If you know GIS. It really sounds like an arts degree because I know there was. Yeah, it really, one, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it is. There's one uh, woman, I don't know her personally, but I follow her. She's a she's a. Uh, she does. She, she's a cartoonist, but she works on the web. She does fantastic stuff. And when she got out of college, she spent like her first few years working in an oil field, like doing like I forget what her job was. She like she wasn't out in the oil field, but she was working for the company, and she did that for like at least two years to pay off her college debt. So mm -hmm. and now she's doing better things. Well, and we've talked about this before on the podcast. Like some people, when, when people have asked me, it's like, oh, I'd like to apply with these companies. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay. And I'm usually pretty candid about the amount of mm -hmm. money that I, I made to right. let someone know. It's like, this is what you should ask for. Cause mm -hmm. yeah. you know, if you ask for lower, they're, they're definitely going to pay you lower. Right. And now that they've seen like that, there are so many NGOs mm -hmm. paying so little money or some of the government jobs that you get with us fish and wildlife paying so little num money. There's like, Wait a minute! Wait a minute! We've been overpaying these biologists. We don't need right. to pay them like we pay other people. They'll they'll work for way less. And it's like, oh, that really sucks. But yeah. but if you can get to the point of being a theater person with, uh, you need to have certain nights free for performances, but you can be flexible with your days. If you're someone who can be flexible and can live with the fact that you don't know every week that you're going to have a contract, but right. you can do the last minute contracts. That's when you can make the big money. And that's, that's when they're like, no, we desperately need this person and we can't find anyone. It's like, Oh, Hey, here's what my rate is now. <laughs> anywho, right, what's anywho uh, read the article. I don't know how we're going to solve this. Give nature conservancy, start paying people, everybody, <laughs> everybody pay people, start getting your grant writers out there to pay people. Yeah. All right. Hawk with snake. Sparks uh, a big fire in Black Eagle. Oh, power line. Right? Power line, yeah. There we and go. I knew as soon as they you said. They actually have a picture of the... So so uh, there was uh, a big, you know, grass fire that happened. And essentially what had happened was, uh, it looks like probably a red-tailed hawk, mm -hmm. uh, got a snake, 
flew it up to power pole. Right. Snake wasn't quite dead. Snake hit the power line. Right. Everybody got electrocuted and exploded. Okay. And then everything started on fire. It's uh, a quick way to go. Uh, terrible day. Terrible day for the snake and then a terrible day for the hawk. And then a terrible day for all the humans. No humans were killed. Still a terrible day. It's a fire, you it's know. It's a fire. Well, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, forget I talked about that. Okay. Um, ooh. We'll skip Hurricane Harvey next, and, no, and we'll I, go I'm to... I'm really not prepared to talk about it. We're still in the middle of that. We're going to have to talk about it we are, we, Okay, we, we can talk but, about... But we're not going to talk about too much. Okay. But, but I'll just skip along to, hey, did you wonder what birds were doing during the eclipse? What were birds doing during the eclipse? Well, BirdCast, which is part of Cornell Lab of Ornithology, uh, has um, uploaded... Uh, reports that happened in eBird, and so they made like a line about where the eclipse happened, where people reported what they oh, noticed sure. birds doing. So you can click on uh, these little data points, and you can read what people saw. You can see their mm-hmm. full bird checklist, but you can also see it's like, hey, during the peak of the eclipse, two common nighthawks started coming out. Uh, and then here's somebody in Omaha saying, hey, on eclipse day, I noticed birds chirping until totality, then crickets and cicadas took over briefly. The birds started up again once totality was over. Very special day. I would have loved to have photographed the red-headed woodpecker, but my camera was set has, up for solar viewing. Has that behavior been recorded before? Were people like looking to see that? We, I'm sure in some sense that it has, but not the sheer amount of data. And mm-hmm. the stuff I'm sharing here and that you're going to see on this link from BirdCast, this is just from eBird. You can also check out stuff on iNaturalist. And iNaturalist is like eBird, only you report everything. Okay. Bugs, mammals, and mm-hmm. all that. So it's just really fascinating. And then, hey, in like, what, 2024, there's mm-hmm. another eclipse coming up? Right. <laughs> now, I remember... Uh, and I think it was uh, the great scientist Terence Trent Darby who said that birds never look into the sun before the day is done. Did that affect that behavior at okay, all? Okay, number one, Terence Trent, Terence Trent Darby. Uh-huh. It's not a scientist. He could be. You don't know his whole life. Number two. Yeah. You made that joke on the last podcast. Okay. <laughs> Did you answer my question? Give me a wishing well, will you? <laughs> wishing well, oh, kiss and tell. Did you know that Tesla was in love with a pigeon? <laughs> that was the Ramones, right? No, it's I like think a I thing. heard that song. No, no, like like Tesla. Like, what do you mean Tesla was in love with a pigeon? He wrote something about how. Well, Tesla Tesla really liked pigeons. Sure. He had a thing for them, uh-huh. and apparently there was one pigeon that he cared for, and wrote a letter about it, uh-huh. and said that he loved this pigeon as much as a man could love a wife, and that. Uh-huh. He cared for the pigeon, and he could tell the pigeon cared as much for him. It's very sweet. That is. I don't have a joke about that. I thought you were going to make a joke about the band Tesla, but that's okay. No, 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 uh, no. There was another thread. Like somebody was like posting a thing about Tesla's not People as great get as you think. Attached to pets. <sighs> yeah, I get attached to our rabbits, but I would never say I would love a rabbit as much as I love a life partner. And what breakthroughs have you made in electricity? <laughs> huh. Huh? How does it feel when the figure's pointed at you, huh? Huh? Has David Bowie played you in a film? No, he did not. Damn, son. (laughs) All right, fine. So does this mean... I question your commitment to birds, frankly. And to electricity. Could I be more successful in birding if you and I weren't married? Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. I've been holding you back all these years. The only thing you've been holding me back from is doing one of those gigs. I really want, at some point, for like our 50th anniversary, I hope somebody makes 
like one of those mock trailers about the bird chick story and i want to just be played by whoever the evil bastard is. like whoever the uh um oh god i'm trying to think of the actors like you know when you have the guy like, who plays joffrey baratheon oh i'm trying to i'm thinking of big eyes i'm thinking of uh christoph waltz you know, oh big eyes. Okay. like the the husband who's always you know or like um, uh, the Dewey Cox story. Goodbye, honey. I love you. You're yeah. gonna fail. It's <laughs> like the person who's always holding you back. Because oh, that's God. boy, howdy, is that me? I would love for someone to like make a horrific life story of me that is just <laughs> yeah, with you being like the least supportive person ever. Because you're not. You're like surprisingly supportive. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! I'm surprisingly supportive. I don't mean surprisingly like. <laughs> Everybody listening to this podcast, settle in. (laughs) No, I meant like in the sense... It's going to be a long one. (laughs) Pour me another drink. No, I meant in the sense of um, I ask unusual things. And Shoes, food, (laughs) electricity. (laughs) No, 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 no. I mean, I I think we've talked about this before, like going through... going through iPhoto for like 2013 and 2014 sure. and just realizing as I'm looking at the timestamp of photos how little I was in the state of Minnesota. It was a, that, was the, that was a rough time. And it's like wow how are we still married with how wow. often I was gone. That was like wow that was really understanding of you and in crazy times you dropped me off at the airport or the time when i left my wallet at home after you dropped me off at the airport and you had to go passport actually i believe anyway no it was it was everything because what i did was um i opened up because on messenger uh you and i it's unimportant so anyway no no no. this was really handy you can use this in an airport one Mm -hmm. day so i left my wallet at home Mm -hmm. which had everything in it and this was a trip where i really needed my driver's license because i was going to need to drive and um so what had happened was we don't live that far from the airport but it's still an inconvenience we live about half an hour (laughs) You don't live a half an hour. It depends on the traffic. Yeah, anyway. Anywho, um, in the grand scheme, like, people I know who live, like, two hours away from their airport. Sure. We don't live that far. Um, so, uh, Bill has, Bill and I can, like, see each other's location on Messenger, or an iMessage. And so I'm, like, watching where he is on the highways, and it's like, oh, okay, so I have TSA Pre. I know I can get through this quickly, but I need to check my bag. So I went up to the ticket agent at the at the airport, and it's like, I with this particular airline, I have quite a few frequent flyer miles. I have the, the card and everything, and I was like, hey, I have a PDF of my passport on my laptop that's going to be my carry-on. Is it okay if I show you that PDF of my passport so I can just check my bag? And I know I'm going to make my flight barely because by the time he gets back with my wallet, uh, you know, I have TSA pre. And the, and the the woman at the check-in for that particular airline was like, meh, okay. Great. So anyway, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Where did, how did we get here? We were talking about how great a husband I am. I know. <laughs> You are supportive. And, like, as much as I would love to no, spend... No, I was saying that there, there, somebody should make a trailer where I'm a horrible husband. Yeah, and, like, yeah. The... No, if, if anyone was ever going to make a trailer of our marriage, it would be me being unreasonable about birds in our marriage. Okay, what's our next story? I hate to say this, but it's Hurricane Harvey. Okay, let's and, talk about this. All right, Hurricane Harvey is awful. We're not going to go too much into it because it's still happening. It's still happening. It's awful. We have friends that live in... 
Bill and I both have friends that mm-hmm. live in areas that are being affected. It's um, it's an unprecedented storm. It's almost as if you could say the climate is changing. Yeah. But anywho, uh, there's some really amazing videos that are starting to show up wildlife-wise. Uh, one of the videos, I shouldn't say one, there are several videos out there, and I've linked to a couple of them on the Bird Chick page on Facebook, of people who are actively going out there and trying to help the bats that roost under highways. Mm-hmm. Houston in particular has uh, a huge colon- a huge population of Mexican free-tailed bats. Uh, one of the things that you can do when you go visit Houston is watch these colonies as they leave the highways. But because the water is rising to an unprecedented level, I can't even wrap my head around how No, high... it's somebody put a map. It's like a cubic map, like three miles of Three cubic I put up that map. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. And it's 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 and it's it, it only has so many places to go. Mm-hmm. And certainly in things like this, catastrophic floods, you know, some things are going to die. But you see people that are helping. Yeah. And uh, it's it's just amazing. One thing that you may have seen is Harvey the Hurricane Hawk of uh, mm. the, a guy who has a cab who is filming this hawk that he says just flew into his cab mm-hmm. and wouldn't leave. And then there's also another video. I don't know if this one has been seen as much of uh, Harvey hanging out in the cabbie's home at his bar with yeah. the Confederate flag. Eh. Um, but anyway, if you are remotely curious about Harvey the Hurricane Hawk, Harvey is a young Cooper's hawk. Sure. Harvey probably got blown into a window or yep. something with the hurricane-type winds. But Harvey is still alive. Mm-hmm. And he is currently at the TWRC Wildlife Center. Right. Uh, Wildlife Center Rehabilitation Coordinator's mm-hmm. place. And uh, so he's doing well. He can't fly. He has an injury. They're not sure what exactly the injury is. Mm-hmm. As we were putting this podcast out, they aren't able to move around a lot because of all the flooding right. to do a full assessment. But he is alive. And uh, if they can help Harvey, they certainly will. Good. Do you have some links to, like... If you want to just donate in general, um, I know that Amazon has announced, like, you can donate anywhere. You can give to the Red Cross, uh, a lot of places. Amazon has announced that they're uh, matching donations up to $1 million. Um, I believe Facebook want... is also doing this yeah. as well. So there are many places. Do we have any specific conservation I'm places? hesitant to do that because because uh, Hurricane Harvey is unfolding. Okay. I, I have seen a lot of places that need it. All right. Um there, you know, the people do. There is this. no shortage of places that you can donate. Here's to the out. basic thing: mm-hmm. it's easy enough to Google or mm-hmm. ask on social media mm-hmm. what are the best places. You can even go to news.google.com mm-hmm. and type in "donate to Harvey," mm-hmm. and there will be legit news There's stories that lots will of tell you where to. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of different ways you can go. Maybe you want to do a pet shelter. Maybe mm-hmm. you want to do a human shelter. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just want to do. Uh, like right. general food shelf. I, I So I'm hesitant to tell people specific oh, ones sure, to sure. do yeah. because okay. there fine. are a lot of good ones. All I, I would say is just do some checking in the news for mm-hmm. legit organizations. Don't necessarily do a random mm-hmm. GoFundMe. Right. Um, I do know the International Crane Foundation, mm-hmm. uh, which is an organization we've talked about a lot. They have a lot of whooping cranes down in Rockport, Texas. One of their facilities got destroyed in Rockport. Or was it Port Aransas? That area is all kind mm-hmm. of the same. So, I mean, they're also seeking donations. There are a lot of places that are that are in trouble and need help. So, use your judgment mm-hmm. and look around. And I mean, they're so give now and then. Also, remember, um, send money. Don't send clothing or toys. no. Don't do that. So, so donate now. 
And then also remember, uh, maybe as the holiday season is coming up, that you can donate in other people's names. If you are an adult who has trouble picking gifts for people, say, yeah, you know, that's actually a really great. When that place. wraps it up, you know, this say, is going to be like Hurricane Katrina. This gonna is gonna not something while. that's gonna. It's going to take a while to recover, even after the floodwaters receive. So we'll, we'll put a pin on that, and maybe. And it may not be done. There, They're we'll still getting more rain. Talk about that. So it's yeah, and then so. But I, I just want to throw the Hurricane Harvey thing out. No, it's something we should. Harvey should the Hawk has been posted to my Facebook wall a lot. And I'm people sure. are like, what do you think about this? I was like, don't ask me about wildlife rehab. There's also other videos that I've seen. Not only the bat rescue videos, I I just love. I love mm-hmm. anyone who is taking the time to help bats. I saw another video today of a place in Corpus Christi that had taken a whole bunch of stranded sea turtles. Right. Uh, right before the hurricane, and then they were releasing them. So it's basically a pickup truck full of sea turtles. Oh, wow. And then they're driving them back someplace where they can release the sea turtles now oh. that it's safe. So anyway, if you are in Texas and if you are in the areas affected, we are we are very concerned for all of you. Um, we hope it's okay. Anyway, if you are on the fence about climate change, this might be something to... Maybe. Maybe, maybe just kind of think about this is... This is this is this is one of the things we're going to see. And I mean there's also there's been flooding that's been going on in southwest Florida. Huge gigantic flooding that's happening. Mm-hmm. This is this so I mean there's so much that's happening with this storm and there's so much that's happening around the United States that I don't care whether you believe in it or not. At this point it's like we just let's just learn to live with how these changes are happening now. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go out on something completely lighthearted. Like the, the oh, morning thank news, God. the morning news when it's like, "Hey, Bill, what's the wacky thing?" You know, five billion people were killed today, and now here's Lulu, the frisbee casting dog, to you know send you out. Um, so <laughs> I don't want to get into this. So uh, Game of Thrones, we're watching Game of Thrones. Huge fans. So many birds. Read the books. Uh, yes, so many I, scrub I, do, I do enjoy listening to complain about the birds in this fantasy kingdom in a world that has never existed. It's okay, just just have the birds where the habitat is supposed to be. Wow, there's a lot of scrub jays in King's Landing. Right, Suddenly. and so uh, and so I just this this is something very lighthearted. For you had a you had a party for your coworkers where one of the things you had was a dinosaur pinata. We decided to have a pinata. We thought it would be fun to have. And as a result of this party, we had a severed red dinosaur head in our house, uh, which I thought would be fun for the rabbit to play with because he loves to chew on cardboard boxes and paper. He absolutely loves it. We stuffed it full of hay, and he has been tearing this thing apart. It's hilarious. We will post a picture of Dougal. Post a picture of this, and so we have a picture of our rabbit like sort of considering this red dinosaur head, which we compared to uh, House Steitler versus House Targaryen. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I yeah. just suddenly realized I know like happy stories I can end this on. Oh, good. Okay, so oh, that's MFG. my happy story. Okay, that was that was like really good. Okay, because like speaking of Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. like I saw Laura Erickson post on Twitter, it's like, well, crap, I think I need to start watching Game of Thrones because people are complaining about the birds on on <laughs> Game of Thrones. I was like, that is that is the quintessential birder comment. People are complaining about birds and something. I need to check this I'm like, out. Oh, sweetie, people have been complaining about the birds in Game of Thrones in season <laughs> it's one. It's a fantasy kingdom with dragons in it, and you're complaining about the accuracy of the birds. There's no habitat this in is... <laughs> King's Landing where a limpkin should be. The this limpkin is... should be maybe on the Greyjoy this Islands. This is a planet that has winters that last seven years long, and you're complaining about the birds. Why are there no great gray owls around the wall? <laughs> I mean, come on. No, I, I just, I was just like, there's a mixed 
of European and North American birds showing up at King's Landing. I'm, I'm trying not to be judgy here right now. But no, there was one. There, there, oh, yeah, Lord. they're just... There's actually one bird in the in the season finale that's been driving me nuts. Sure. And I can't think of what species it is, and I know I've heard it, and I and I and I don't know what it is, and I think it's right. a European species, and I don't even want to describe it. And it's not because, and I think it's European because like I'm really good at my North American bird mm-hmm. calls. I'm just like I know I know you, and I can't think. Of what it's driving me crazy. It's driving me crazy. But um, no, it's Game of Thrones has been very satisfying. I'm surprised you didn't end on the uh, story that I saw a bird. And like stopped, I, I thought you were. Uh, I thought you were gonna non-birding bill shame me. No, I didn't wanna. I didn't wanna emasculate you on the podcast. <laughs> I wouldn't be emasculating me because I saw a bird. That's yeah. not <laughs> seeing birds is not a masculine or feminine thing, Sharon. No, I was biking home. I went out to do to run some errands today. I was biking back. I passed by. We have a little. Um, well, not a little. It's a. Fairly we live next to a wetland that someone's yeah. trying to convert into a lake, and they keep trying to get me on board with their process to like, no, we need to turn idea. this wetland into a lake, and here's why. I'm like, no. But we have Virginia rails no, nesting a, in here. No, that's a horrible idea. Well, they we just try, get, are they trying to raise the property value by selling lakefront property? No, they just really want it to be a lake. Fuck that shit. There, there are quite a few non-natives. Like, oh, God. Oh, let's complain about my patch. Oh, God. It's so great. Well. Um... <laughs> Not that patch. No. Um, they, uh, so so there's that. But I go through there, and I'm birding, and I have my spotting mm-hmm. scope. There are some people who know my spotting scope is about birding. Mm-hmm. There are quite a few people who think it's about photography. So the other day I'm out there, and I, I think I'm trying to get a picture of a dragonfly. I forget what I was looking at. But these two women are going by, and they're very loudly talking while they're doing your power walking. And then all of a sudden, I hear one of them say, hold on a second, hold on a second. Make sure you get a picture of the purple flowers. And I just kind of look over and like, you, get a picture of the purple flowers. And I was like, you mean the loose stripe? Yeah, is that what that is? I said, the purple loose stripe? You want me to get pictures of purple loose stripe? That's like an invasive exotic. Oh. And I was like, I don't know. It's just, I, I just. This is, this is sort of the same impulse that when you see horses. Appear. There are horses. Everybody, look yeah. at the horses. Well, and then I was over by... Oh, don't call it that, Sharon. Don't call it that. Uh, then I was over by the building where the Virginia rails are nesting. Sure. And I saw someone bent over, and I was like, oh, she must be taking pictures. And there was a whole bunch of stinkhorns popping up. And I was like, oh, cool, stinkhorns. She's like, oh, you know what these are. Thank God. And I, so I was explaining the stinkhorns to her, and I was taking pictures. So as I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm using... I'm digiscoping the stinkhorn, because stinkhorn mushrooms are stinky. Sure. And I just wanted to get some good shots. And this guy comes by, and he walks by, and he's like, do you want a picture of this? And I have that moment where I'm, like, looking through my camera, through my spotting scope, and it's like, mm. a guy has just asked me to look at something. Do I want to look up? What is he holding? What is he holding? And I, and I, I, and I get up, and he has a, a brown paper bag. And then he reaches down into the bag, and I'm like, okay, I'm glad you're reaching into the bag and not your pants. Right. Uh, and then he pulls out a tortoise. And I'm like, oh, wow, it's a tortoise. He's like, do you want a picture of this? And I'm like... I'm kind of into native species, not the non-native species. And I was like, I didn't mean to sound elitist, but I was like, wow, it used to be a time when I was the weirdo in the patch, when Mm. I was staring at things that nobody could see. And it's like, and I'm trying to say, no, here's a swamp sparrow. And now it's the guy with a brown paper bag that has a tortoise in it. Well, interesting. When I was was going out for my errands and, and biking past, it was the first thing that I saw that sort of amused me. There was one of those logs sticking out of the, the quagmire loaded with turtles. Like, mm-hmm. it was a semi-warm city. So all the turtles were just basking there. So, But as I was coming back, 
like right in the middle, there was an odd silhouette, and it caused me to stop because I was like, "Oh, oh that's a, a green heron. That's a that's a weird looking duck. Hold on a second. That's not a sitting there." And I actually sort of, I sort of suspected it was a green heron. Well, that's great because it was. I'm so had the long bill, and it was. A, and then as I was taking a photo of that, I saw a uh, great blue heron skulking around in the background, sort so. of annoyed. Okay, I know what we can end on. Yeah. I just want to say how much. How many legs does the dog have at the end of this story? The American Birding Association has plenty of legs. Okay. Okay, I just want to say... And they know how to use them. No, the American Birding Association podcast. Mm -hmm. It is the birding podcast I have been waiting for. Good. This is... Oh, God, does that mean I'm free? I'm going to be released from this crystal prison? Okay, seriously, I had really hoped that when we started this podcast that people would listen to it and be pissed off and be like, I could do a way better podcast. (laughs) But for whatever reason, people like it. And they especially like you. Um, but But, uh, no, the American Birding Association has started the podcast that I've always wanted. And the, now that, like, they have sound levels figured out and their right. rhythm figured out, it's really a good podcast. You should listen to this. Um, if you've been thinking, I don't really get why people keep talking about the American Birding Association, why I should be a member, mm-hmm. listen to the podcast. If you like the podcast, become a member. Because they do, they they have a really good mix of regular birding stuff and then hardcore birding stuff. And so they'll get people arguing with each other about the changes good. in the AOU supplement oh. and whether or not, why and why it makes good. sense. And then the, the most recent podcast has Ariel Fournier. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing her name right. But anyway, she does a lot of studies with rails mm-hmm. and with Virginia rails and Soras. And it's fascinating. And you also get the ridiculousness of like Ted Floyd and Greg Neese arguing about how sparrow molt. And it's like, that's <laughs> well, really adorable. You it's think amazing. people are interested in this. No, it's fantastic. I really love when it's, I'm so like anybody who is passionate about something yeah. is interesting to hear them talk. I remember specifically one of our friends who has a house years ago was talking about there was a problem with their tree and they called it an arborist. And oh, that was Lida. Were, yeah, they were so happy because the arborist was a huge nerd and like took a bug off. He's like, do you want to learn about this bug? Because he was like seriously excited oh, yeah. about it. What I cannot stand, there was a movie podcast I, I listened to for like 10 minutes. These people are very, they love movies, they're very passionate, but the pod, thank you. That's a very interesting opinion on that. No, mix it up. Be excited about things. No, no, no. And so, and actually I learned something because like, Ted Floyd and Greg Neese are arguing about, mm-hmm. or I shouldn't say arguing, they're discussing how sparrow molt. Sure. So, so the American birding uh, will say, unlike this podcast where you're a glutton for punishment, you're just listening <laughs> to Bill and I work on our marriage. I'm surprisingly supportive. I want you to describe, like, if and God forbid anyone should ever do another article about this podcast we had like what three in this in the space of six for months for whatever reason like minnesota thinks we're a point. famous podcast uh, but i want to be i want you to for everything that i mentioned in officially i want to be surprisingly supportive okay, husband that's fine that's okay. fine um i want to be a nonchalant wife <laughs> <laughs> but no no so like greg niece and uh ted floyd is like let's talk about house sparrow mold it's really surprising and about interesting damn time I gentlemen <laughs> and at first i'm like why guys why are you doing this why 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 but it's interesting and i did learn something but you also you get interviews with different people and what sure. I, actually what i like about it is the aba is interviewing people because let's face it in the birding community 
There's a handful of us that get interviewed a lot. Yes. Okay. If you're interviewing me in the birding community, everybody knows what you need to know about me. I mm-hmm. should be the last person on your interview list. But, you know, interviewing uh, Ariel. Oh, I can never remember if I'm pronouncing it right. Anyway, if Ariel and, and about rails. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're talking about seabird stuff. They're... they're I mean, they're talking to all sorts of people, and it's just, I love hearing voices that we don't normally hear. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, occasionally, occasionally you're going to have, like, the tried and true of the, of other people, but no, it's it's a really great podcast. Listen to it. It's kind of like, it reminds me of, like, all the people who have, like, sports ball podcasts, and mm-hmm. you're listening to, like, the breakdown of the game and what mm-hmm. happens. That's what this is. They even have, like, the, you know, they have the rarity focus, like, these are the rarities that showed up. And I'm not going to chase birds, but I still find interesting to hear what's being seen and nate does a really great job of breaking down why this bird is exciting and what birds we can expect next and and nate is a really fantastic no you can do it like anything can be i was listening to uh another podcast it's these two comedians just doing like real just talking about things that interest them and they were talking about a rock show that one of them went to which was like 90s power rockers who were doing who do this show today and it was absolutely fascinating because they were so interested in yeah so yeah just, you know. no no the aba is doing it is the birding podcast i've always wanted it's got right. segments it's got multiple people it's i i <sighs> it is my favorite birding podcast that's out there Fantastic. i like it better than our podcast oh god our podcast is terrible it's terrible i don't know why it's still happening it should stop <laughs> People listening to this are people like me who had to do birding surveys, and they needed the longest possible podcast where people would talk without ads just to make your drive uh, more bearable. The only way that this podcast could possibly be... This well, podcast, I, it's like listening to the Game of Thrones audiobooks. Well, I had to get up at 4 a.m. to drive out to the middle of a muddy field to do a bird survey, but at least I'm not these two people. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is Bird Chick Podcast number 227. If you have any questions for Sharon, uh, email her at Sharon at BirdChick.com. You can find her on the Facebook and also Twitter, which she doesn't update I, all that I often. engage in Twitter about a half an hour a day. All right. So we will talk I'm to you I'm on Instagram, soon. too. Yeah, I'll follow her on uh, the Instagram. And the YouTubes. Yes. Ta-ta. Bye.